0: Every <laughs> time that noise just gets me. It gets me. I mean, it got home worse. Right in the face. God, I can't help it. I, hear it. I can hear it so loudly Right ears. ears. Uh, all right, so for A little, uh,
1: fetish on your part, Jamie. Oh, well, wow. yeah.
0: oh, politicians being hit by dildos, yes. <laughs> yes. Gets me, gets me going. And, up a website.
2: <laughs> I think you already asked Probably. some. <laughs> Probably.
0: Probably. Uh, all right. Um, Sarah Martin, Phil Ferguson, John Moore. Morena to you all. Morena. Morena. How are we? Good,
3: good.
0: Mm -hmm. Sarah? Great. Great, Uh,
3: great. yep.
0: Brilliant. Right, let us begin with uh, the teachers on strike. Uh, Primary school teachers and principals um, went on strike on Wednesday, the first time in 24 years since 1994. Um, They are looking for a 16% pay rise over the next two years. Um, But of course, you know, and it's always pay, you always hear pay, pay, pay. But that's not just it. Um, Things have changed, Um, or things haven't changed. The curriculum's changed and a lot of the the primary school teachers were against a lot of the changes that Hekia Parata brought in when she was Minister of Education. Um, There's things like classroom sizes increased, Uh, you've got um, Year 6, you know, 29 kids to one teacher, that's huge issues. Um, there's been a drop in the a 40% drop in the enrollments for tea coal um, so come 2023 we're going to be in a lot of trouble they say maybe 1,800 teachers mm. short that's massive um, what do they want Phil I mean Paul, uh, John <laughs> what do they want everyone and um, will the government give it to them
1: multiple names this morning very yeah. good um, well the, the teachers want a sixteen percent pay rise over two years. Uh, the, the government are offering a lot, lot less than that. Uh, so the government is offering two point two and two point six uh, percent pay rise each year for three years, um, and teachers also, and it was good that you brought up the issue of class size, so uh, part of this campaign by the teachers is to um, reduce the teacher-student ratio um, in years 4 to 8, from 1 to 29 to 1 to 25, um, arguably it should be even more uh, than that. Um, and um, it doesn't look like at the moment that the government or the Ministry of Education are going to meet the teachers' demands. Uh, However, uh, there's a real mood for further action from teachers and in rallies from Auckland to Wellington down south, when it was mooted, the idea um, of another one-day strike, teachers were a bit ho-hum, a two-day strike, uh, teachers seem to be a lot more enthusiastic about that, going off the the screams and the yells in the crowd. Uh, So it looks like... um, Yeah, teachers are going to push forward. The government is going to have to compromise a bit more. Uh, But yeah, we'll wait and see what happens.
0: Yeah, um, Sarah, how did it look in Wellington? Um, Dunedin was packed out, uh, which was awesome. And I saw all over the news, all over the place, there was a lot of teachers on strike. Um, I love it how the news were talking about the, uh, the cities and then they were said, and, and then the rural areas like Nelson uh, were showing up. <laughs> <laughs> like um, but, you, you know, and are they realistic in their goals, you know, or you know, are they setting the bench real high so they can meet somewhere in the middle?
3: I I don't know. I I think they are are realistic. I think they've done a really great job um, of outlining and describing the crisis in education that has um, come to a head now. I mean, it's been building for quite a few years. For after years and years of underfunding, Um, there's no doubt there's a teacher shortage, and there's no doubt that that will create a crisis. Um, And for those teachers, you know, they're they haven't had pay rises, which is tantamount to the pay cut. And, uh, you yeah, know, I think we've we've seen a new, the new teachers, the younger teachers that are coming through are um, facing high rents. They've got student loans and they can't sustain the kind of pay that teachers are on given the workloads that they're having. Um, it was a great rally in Wellington. There was, you know, a very staunch, huge group of teachers, um, some amazing speakers who spoke really passionately. And articulately about their cause and uh, great support from the politicians. So uh, I don't know if it's a good time that the minister and the prime minister turned up and yeah. seemed to seem to endorse the the demands of the teachers. But um, yeah, it was um, uh, yeah, it was a great great rally.
0: Um, Phil, um, you're a man that likes
2: a good strike. Uh, what does it mean? What does it mean to go on strike? Well. It's good that, I think it's good that they have gone on strike. Um, the shame of it is that it took 24 years um, from the last strike so that there's been this rundown of the whole uh, primary and secondary education sector, and yet you know, it's taken 24 years for primary school teachers, and hopefully, um, as a result of the actions on Wednesday, a lot of them will be thinking, why the hell didn't we do this sooner? Um, I think to go on strike. I mean, it, it is quite a bold step to take these days because it's not like there's uh, strikes all over the place where people just don't think it's a big deal. I mean, in, in Greece, in the period of about four or five years, I think they had 13 general strikes. You know, in New Zealand, people don't tend to go on don't tend to go on strike, and especially for. A, jo- a profession like teachers where there's a whole, there's still a sort of middle class kind of mentality that, oh, strikes, that's what kind of, you know, workers, that's what blue collar workers do, it's mm. not what professionals do, and we're professionals. But isn't that um, the opposite
1: in the Western world, oh, then, the Anglo-Western yeah, world, that it's actually it's, uh, um, teachers, nurses, public sector workers that are increasingly going on strike? And other areas where there's still mass unionisation. So, in a sense, uh, the, the whole scenario has flipped on its head that it's actually so called blue collar workers that tend to be more atomised, uh, have less so called class consciousness, and it, it's more professional workers, white collar workers, state workers that have more, seem to have more union consciousness at least, and are prepared to step out and take risks. I, think that, mm, well, yeah. is, I
3: mean there is higher union density, isn't there, among yeah. the public sector. And also I, I guess it reflects the fact that so many country Western countries anyway have been practicing austerity um and really cutting yeah. back on public sector funding. So um, you know, the, the not to say that private sector workers are in a great condition, but the um, you know, the public sector workers are facing the facing you know, pay freezes essentially mm. and seeing their public services undermined.
2: I think what John said is true, but there's still a quite strong kind of pressure on people in jobs like teaching and nursing not to go on strike because of that hangover of that professional Mm -hmm. ethic. And also there's the feeling that You know, among nurses, well, our job is to care for patients. Among teachers, you know, what about the kids? What about the kids' parents and so on? So there's quite a lot of pressure still, like, not to take strike action. So I think the fact that they have is a sign of that trend, the trend that John was talking about, that now the situation is getting so desperate or so bad in health and education that people who, for 24 years... Have not contemplated, or certainly haven't gone on strike. Now feel that they don't have any any alternative, and hopefully this will spark off more um, workers in the in the public in the state sector to to take action, Um, like the inland revenue workers. You know there was uh, the workers at the meteorological service. threatened industrial action and got a lot of what they wanted um, quite recently as as well. Yeah, and hopefully that will have an effect on workers in the um, private sector where, like John said, the levels of unionisation, I mean, what is it in the private sector now? It's like 10% or less single-digit union density, Um, Mm. you know, and yet they desperately need to be in unions to be organising and to be asserting themselves.
0: Um, Sarah, um we've seen huge support from the public, um from the vast majority of parents. Um but will will that hold steadfast, you know? I mean, if there's a threat of more industrial action or if there's other strikes, um you know, there there's a chance that the public um sympathies will wane a bit. Uh and, and you know, and so will that have an effect on teachers' decisions? Um, or will they? Do you think that they'll 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 hold fast, stand fast, uh, and and just do what they've got to do?
3: Yeah, look, I think teachers um, will hope for a quick resolution of this dispute, and I you know if I was the government, I'd I'd make it go away pretty quickly because uh, there does seem to be overwhelming public support for the teachers. That you know, I think people really um, agree that there needs to be a significant investment in education. Um, Obviously, if it goes on, um, it will become difficult for parents to take time off work or have to pay, you know, for childcare. I mean, <laughs> parents are paying, you know, $50, $60 a, a day per oh, child um, to cover childcare if they're not able to get time off work or if they don't have family. Um, so, yeah, it will start um, affecting public support. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I, you know, so I think for the teacher's sake and
0: for the, for the kids' sake, I think we we need to get it settled really quickly. Yeah, um, I I wholeheartedly agree, and I mean, I, uh, the we we're, we're it was quite quick with the nurses so hopefully it will be the same. Well, it seemed like it was quite quick to me, I don't know. Would, um you got anything more to say on, on this one, John? Um,
1: yeah, just that uh, I think uh, winning hearts and minds is, is crucial to uh, what the teachers are doing at the moment. Uh, there's been um, advertisements that the NZDI have put up on TV and I think that's a good move. Um, but I think they need to universalise their struggle more. And when I say that I mean um, not just have it as a teacher struggle for to improve their material conditions, to improve their pay and they're not just doing that Uh, they're talking about um, uh, classroom ratios as well but I think um, uh, the more strong unions need to start talking about the the, the poverty wages we have in New Zealand as a whole and that they need to be actually um, advocating for all workers,
0: those unions that are actually strong and
1: able to push the government And
0: of course this is a female heavy industry as well Yes, it's definitely a gender issue as well You're not seeing um, police which is generally male heavy talking about going on strike their pay conditions are quite they're not allowed to no they're not are they not
3: no Oh, i had no idea (laughs) there's a law which prevents them from going on strike but they have a a different different system of wage negotiation to compensate for that so basically they can get the wage increases they want
0: Mm, pretty
3: mm. much they have arbitration Uh, Uh, Yeah,
0: they're they're prevented by law from going on strike. I suppose the army is too. Um, Imagine the army on strike, that'd be amazing. Um, And I want to point out to a lot of people out there, at one point that hasn't been coming up very often, is the fact that um, uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, now they're doing it because Labour's in government, Labour might be a soft touch, blah, 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 blah. But um, one of the reasons, well, the big reason is, uh, it's time to negotiate. Their uh, collective bargaining agreement Mm -hmm. is up, uh, and they cannot uh do that outside of uh, when when the agreement is in effect. No, not legally. No, not legally. So the agreement has lapsed, it's finished, so it's time to negotiate mm. and that's why this yeah. is happening yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's
3: bad timing for um the, the labor government. You know, it's unfortunate, but all these collective agreements are expiring yes. this year. Um so yes, it was and you know the teachers would have formed their decision to go hard when they expected a national government um, so you know it's, uh, they would have done the same under a national
0: government that's right but the, the opposition certainly not saying that are they
3: <laughs>
0: no. no 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 they're not um, well hey look I've got three kids at home and I don't mind them staying at home as long as uh, the people that are teaching them to get what they deserve. Yeah, so absolutely. They, yeah, mm. But I'm in a position where it's, it's not too bad, um, so we don't have too many problems with having them home. But, um, yeah, all the power to them. Um, we better move on to the Green Party uh, Annual General Meeting, which is on this weekend. I just want to, just quickly, uh, before we get into this, um, there's just been a vote Uh, to fast-track legislation uh, for an amendment for the National Animal Identification and Tracing Act Uh, and the Greens have voted in favour of giving uh, MPI officers or whoever uh, is in charge of that Act and, and using it. Warrantless powers to walk onto farms without warrants to search through farms without warrants. Now this goes against everything the Greens stand for. Um, you saw them when they were uh, tackling uh, all other surveillance things, you seen them go push hard against uh, SIS, uh, GCSB, um, for that matter as well. Um, so I'm quite shocked by this but is it because it's farming? Uh, it could be and it seems like the um, the
1: Greens as I've admitted themselves are prepared to swallow a lot of dead rats at the moment in terms of compromising um, but yeah it, it could it could partly be to do that uh, farmers are kind of seen as the enemy amongst environmentalists and lefties so, uh, so you know if it's the enemy Well also there's
0: been a lot of abuses of animals
3: Yes, I mean this will be because they think obviously there needs to be a more effective um animal safety safeguards right that well this is
0: a br- around that, uh, that uh, micro- you
3: can't hang around waiting for a warrant while the farmer hides the um the evidence of the animal mistreatment
0: well then they're pushing it through under false pretense because this is about um uh mm-hmm. and, and and um you know that that uh, disease on farms so if, if it was for that yeah reason- it seems
1: very draconian uh, and, yeah, as you said, Jamie, I think it's out of step with the Greens sort of philosophy generally mm. uh, to be against sort of a, a, a empowering the more sort of coercive arms of the state. Yes, yes. But it points, I guess it points to a crisis in the Greens that they're, they're, um, they've got a bit of power for the first time, um, although they're not formally part of the coalition government. They've got uh, ministers outside the cabinet, and they definitely have made strong statements that, um, that they're firmly supporting this coalition government. And so so there's a real possibility at this uh, AGM the hit the shit's going to hit the fan. Mm. And um, uh, Matthew Hutton had a very interesting article, uh, well, has a very interesting article in The Herald today where he's talking about deep divisions in the Greens, that they're not a united body at all, uh, that there's, uh, amongst the membership, there's deep dissatisfaction with how the Greens are um, operating um, in government, uh, and there's, there's talk that uh, Mara Marama Davison's, Sort of going to uh, uh, lead a rebellion. Uh, she's a radical in the Greens. Yes, uh, the the anti-capitalist, the, um, uh, possibly even a bit anti the state as a whole. Uh, and um, she definitely appeals to the, the more uh, wider Green membership. So, yeah, it's uh, expect this, uh, unless it gets covered up, the divisions, mm. uh, yeah, the ship, the ship could hit the fan.
0: Uh, Sarah, where are the Greens? Other than Marama Davison, I haven't heard peeps. Uh, where's James? Well, um, I mean, I think this
3: is, I, I was I was asking my, my same question about James, but I don't know where he is or what he's doing, but, I think um, probably consulting on climate change act, isn't it? But um, you know, Jan Logie did get the domestic workplace violence, uh, domestic violence workplace bill through Parliament. That mm-hmm. was a huge achievement for the Greens. Yes, Eugenia Sage was strongly behind the ban on plastic bags, and that's another Green initiative. So they are making some quite tangible. Um, they are delivering quite tangibly on some Green Party policies. I just I think probably that that their ability to um, promote theirs has been drowned out and diluted a bit by other things going on yeah. in the party. And I think they probably do need to do a lot more to um, promote what they have done, what they have achieved, because um, yeah, there are you know, bound to be divisions in the party. There always have been between the environmentalists and the more social justice ad, um, activists. And, and being in power, being part of, or supporting the government, is always going to create huge pressure on a party as you have a tension between those who want to be more activists and those who want to uh, be a steady, safe support. Um, so I think, you know, John's right, there will be tensions. I think Matthew Houston does tend to um, dramatise things a bit. Um, so whether or not things are as dramatic as he paints, um, I don't know. But, uh, you know, the, so they're having some mixed success.
0: Yeah, well, Phil, maybe it's it's better for them um, not to be seen um, and just getting on doing it. Maybe you know they're just getting there and getting it done.
2: Well, I think the the problem with just doing things, especially when everything they're doing seems to be. Well, most of what they're doing seems to be around environmental things like plastic bags, which, you know, supermarkets are kind of moving on in, in, anyway, um, leaves that whole, like Sarah was saying, leaves that whole social justice um, aspect one side, that for a lot of greens, especially since the collapse of the alliance is very important and I think you know there 's a, a section of the alliance that went with the Green Party for whom social justice issues are actually more important than banning plastic bags it 's not that getting rid of, of or cutting down dramatically on plastic bags you know, that 's obviously a good thing, but you know what about um Welfare benefit levels, what about wages, what about union rights, and, and so on? And if they're not doing that, then they're basically appealing to, you know, people like National Party voters in Remuera or wherever who will vote for, well, they might vote for David Seymour or they might vote for a national candidate in somewhere else, but who will party vote green because they want clean beaches and clean rivers and and food labelling. Um, but they're you know middle class, upper class, and they don't give a shit about pay and union rights and so on. And if the greens only appeal to that block, then I think they would probably be electra- uh, they'd be in, in trouble elect- electorally. and certainly in terms of the membership, they would be in, in trouble because there is that block of people in the greens who want a degree of socioeconomic change that Labour has no intention of delivering and so they need to make they need to differentiate themselves from Labour otherwise they'll fall into the thing that the Alliance fell into, why bother to vote for them
3: Ugh. yeah I mean they did to be fair to the Greens that you know the domestic violence in the workplace yep. bill was a huge was that gives people who are experiencing work, uh, domestic violence 10 <coughs> days of, of paid leave so that is right. it and that yep. was a big union um Campaign, so yep. that is something they have delivered on there. I think part of the problem is that they'll be working behind closed doors on things like the welfare reform. So you know, income adequacy has been addressed through that the welfare system. They'll be working behind closed doors on equal pay to make sure that goes through. So, but the problem is that that people don't know that. Yeah. And the problem is all that is associated with. With Labour, with Labour ministers, you know, mm. um, it's the Labour ministers who announce these equal pay deals and the Labour ministers who announce um, the income adequacy investigations of, of the welfare system. And even though the Greens are critical to that happening and crit- their numbers and their support are critical to it going through, and probably they are leading and pushing Labour in quite a lot of these areas. It's all behind closed doors, unfortunately. Ooh. So I think yeah. the Greens need to find a way to um, publicly demonstrate what they are doing
1: and they've completely got the ability to do that. They're not in Cabinet. Mara davison is not a Cabinet Minister at all. She is free to say what she likes about this Government. Um, look at the, the contrast. No, question,
0: with, no questions. Yeah. Can't ask any no. questions. Yeah,
1: they gave their fucking questions <laughs> to National. For fuck's yeah, sake. And, um, but um, look at New Zealand First. Uh, they are formally part of the Government. They have Ministers in Cabinet. They are bound by um, Cabinet Collective um, ability, but they are prepared to actually um, uh, speak out against um, 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 government. Um, um, what the government is doing, um, and um, you know, criticize uh, Fonterra, criticize. Um, 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 uh, in New Zealand, um, uh, indicating that they do want uh, mining done on, on um, conservation lands. These are all uh, the, the type of uh, rhetoric that will definitely appeal to New Zealand First's electoral base. They're not getting in trouble with Labor. Mm. Uh, Labor isn't telling them <coughs> off, and Labor's not in a position to tell them off because Labor um, uh, <coughs> the, absolutely needs the Greens and New Zealand First to, to govern. Why aren't the Greens doing the same? Why aren't they sticking their head out? And they've actually, constitutionally, they've got far more ability to um, uh, stick their head out, open those doors, say what's going on behind closed doors, say what they're happy with and what they're unhappy unhappy with with this government. Um, Yeah, I think Marima Davison and etc. need to be a bit more like Shane Jones and be a lot more stroppy. Mm.
0: Alright, well we're going to have to leave it there, we've run out of time, but it looks like Labour's got the Greens exactly where they want them, they'll get the benefit Mm. of their policy. Uh, and, and at the same time, they'll squash them uh, and they'll mm, disappear. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, thank you, thank you, all three of you Sarah, Phil, uh, John. Cheers. Well done. Lovely to see, see you us all, and I'll talk to you all thank next you. week. Yeah. All right. See, ya. see you, mate.